Okay. Hey, everybody, grab a seat. It's great to see you here. Um, so by, by way of introduction to this, um, this seminar, thanks for coming. My name's Pip, Pippa, Pippa Baker. And um, we're going to talk about holy habits. And just for you to know that there's going to be a holy habits seminar every day, um, I think at the same time. So tomorrow and on Monday too. So we want to be cultivating these holy habits in our life. Today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, and I'll probably never be invited back to Summer Madness for this, but I was thinking Holy Spirit, Holy Ground. What do you do <laughs> when you're on Holy Ground? You take off your shoes. We're going to play a game. Everybody up on your feet. And I want you to get a partner, okay? And one of you to take off a shoe and put it in between you. One shoe in between a pair. Okay. I'm going to go up here just by... So, this game is called Heads, Shoulders, Knees, and Shoe. Heads, Shoulders, Knees, and Shoe. So, the premise is, is that you are opposite, listen up, you're opposite your partner, and you are saying, uh, I'm going to call out heads, and so when I say heads, you put your hands on your head. Heads. Shoulders, put your hands on your shoulders. Knees, put your hands on your, shoulder, uh, your knees. And then, when I say shoe... You have to grab the shoe first. Okay, let's do a practice round. Heads, shoulders, heads, heads, shoulders, heads, knees, heads, shoulders, knees, knees, heads, shoulders, shoe. <laughs> Very good. Okay, let's do it one more time. You gotta be ferocious with that grabbing, all right? Heads. Shoulders, heads, shoulders, knees, heads, shoulders, knees, heads, shoulders, knees, 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 heads, shoulders, knees, shoo! <laughs> Just because it was so entertaining for me to watch, we'll play one more time. Heads, shoulders, knees, shoulders, heads, heads, shoulders, knees, knees, shoulders, heads, shoo! <laughs> Very good. Sit down, take a seat, take a seat, take a seat. I love that game. Awesome. So um, it's great. It's great to be here, here with you. This is my first ever Summer Madness. Anyone else? Is their first one? A few. You guys are veterans, the others. Um, so... I'm speaking tonight and tomorrow morning as well, so I'm like really privileged to be here and to kind of take part in what God is doing. Um, I work full-time as a missionary, which means like I travel all around the country and a bit further afield, particularly working with young people, trying to help them grow in faith, trying to help them follow Jesus every day, because I'm sure you know, but just in case you don't know, <laughs> following Jesus isn't just about coming to amazing things like this, even though that's a massive part of it. But what we really want to be cultivating, and actually my life has radically changed since I've gone, oh, it's, it's every day. It's like daily choice for God. Like at school, at college, at work, whatever it is, like every day for the Lord. So I'm really passionate, particularly about helping young people grow in this. And there's a massive 
um, a part to kind of making our faith sustainable. And his name is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we can't follow Jesus daily without the Holy Spirit. Um, and I want to particularly want to talk today about the Holy Spirit's love and his leadership in our life. Because sometimes life can feel crazy, right? Does anybody else feel that way? I feel like my, my life can just be crazy. There's so much to do. There's so many decisions to make. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. Um, but firstly, I just want to look at who, who the Holy Spirit is. So do you have a favorite band? Speak to your neighbor. Do you have a favorite band? And who is it if you do have a favorite band? Awesome. Any favorite bands out there? Queen. Fantastic. Anybody else? Any other favorite bands? One Direction. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, I think when you have a favorite band, like obviously, you know, all their like the best tunes, you know, all the lyrics, very, very normal. And, and you know everything about their lead singer, right? Like you would have Googled them. You know what their favorite takeaway is. Does anybody do that when you're watching telly? You just Google things about people that when you're watching, it's so weird. Their favorite takeaway is Chinese. Um, but often you like know loads about their lead singer. You'll probably know a fair amount about the electric guitarist, but you may not know a great deal about their drummer. And um, actually, if you think about it, without the drummer, the music would be completely incomplete, wouldn't it? It would lose its rhythm, it would lose its beat. Um, and I think that for a lot of Christians, this is like our relationship with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> The Holy Spirit is the drummer of the Trinity. And we don't actually know a great deal about who Holy Spirit is. Like growing up in faith, maybe, we've heard about God the Father who created all things. We can recount stories of Jesus walking the earth and his miracles and his healing. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we're a bit like, mm, who is he? Um, and actually, to the point where sometimes in church, um, we just kind of leave him out. We just, we just don't really talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, have another chat with your neighbor. Who is the Holy Spirit to you? Right now, who is the Holy Spirit to you? I won't ask you to share back, so just share freely. Who is the Holy Spirit to you? Awesome. I think for me, the answer for a long time was like, it was kind of the symbols, like he was a dove, or he was water, or he was fire, or he was wind because that's what the Holy Spirit is depicted as in, in the Bible, isn't it? And actually, but if we think about the symbol of the dove, it's supposed to symbolize love. Because if you think about how else do you explain love? Like Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. This is what theologians say, that the Father and the Son love each other so much that their love is actually another being. That's mental. That's what the Christian faith teaches. Um, but how else do you explain love? It's really difficult, isn't it? Like poet, poets have written about it. Pretty much every song is about it. There's, there's a story I love, which I think explains love pretty well. And uh, it, it was a story told to me by my friend. Don't worry. It was a story told to me by my friend, Father Emmanuel. Father Emmanuel is a Catholic priest and um, he is what's called a Franciscan friar of renewal. 
And he basically wears this, like we saw that monk on the stage yesterday. He wears this long gray habit and he's got this big bushy beard and he doesn't wear shoes. <laughs> he's an amazing man of God. And I've learned so much about God from him. And he told me this story about, there was a time he was traveling from New York to Manchester. And um, as he was coming through security, the security guard said to him, um, are, you a, are you a Catholic priest? Father Emmanuel was like, yeah, I am. And this security guard was like, oh, so you believe that God became a man? And Father Emmanuel was like, yes, I do. I do believe that. And he said, so you therefore believe that God got tired? And Father Emmanuel was like, yes, I do believe that. And he said, so you believe that God got hungry? And Father Emmanuel said, yes, I do. And this security guard was bemused. He was like pressing him. But so you believe that God had to wash his body and use the bathroom? And Father Emmanuel was like, yes, I, I do believe all those things. And the security guard said to him, why? Why would God do that? And Father Emmanuel looked at this man and he said, because, because of love. Because love, love wants to be close. Love wants to be close. And the truth is, this is at the very heart of our faith. We've already heard it numerous times over the last 24 hours. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. But now that Jesus has ascended, right? Anyone heard of the ascension? When Jesus got ascended into heaven? Now he's ascended and we can no longer see him in the flesh. Can we know the closeness and the love and the leadership of God in our lives? I do work all across the place and I meet lots of people who don't believe in God. And they'll say, I don't see him. I can't see him. Therefore, like, how can I believe? And in some ways, like, <laughs> I see their trouble. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll read the stories in the Gospels and I'll be like, man, wouldn't it be amazing to be able to just see Jesus in the flesh? Like, I'm, you know, like you're seeing me now. But the Christian faith says that we can still know the closeness and the leadership and the love of God. How? Well, before his death, Jesus promised his disciples. He said, it is better that you don't see me anymore. <laughs> this is wild. It's better that you don't see me anymore because I am giving you a cheerleader. I am giving you a helper. I am giving you an advocate who will be with you. So much more than if Jesus was able to just travel. If you think about it, if Jesus stayed in his flesh body and he stayed on the earth, he could only ever go so far, right? But Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to know the closeness and the love and the leadership of God. And like so many gospel accounts, the disciples were like, what is Jesus banging on about? Like, I've got no idea. <laughs> they were just completely confused, perpetually really. But then they understood at Pentecost. They got filled with the Holy Spirit all of a sudden, the things that they were struggling with, they were no longer struggling with in the same way because the Holy Spirit filled them. 
They knew what Jesus' promise meant after that time. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus who communicates to us. So, for instance, in the same way as if your mum or your dad or your granny, your granddad, or your uncle or your aunt, whoever's like important to you, said to you, um, you're awesome at football, or I study drama, so if my mum said to me, you're a great actress, and then they say those words, but then when it came to like being on the sidelines at your matches or being in the audience when you're on the stage, they weren't there. Like, there's, there's one thing to hear the words, right? But then there's another thing to see them, like that they're present there. You know, it, if, if they weren't there, it, it wouldn't really like make sense what they're saying. But when they are there, the presence of someone communicates, I'm proud of you. I meant what I said. I do believe you're good at football. <laughs> I do believe you're good at acting. And this is what the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is to us. Jesus didn't just leave us alone. Sometimes we think he ascended and then we were like, oh, I don't defend for myself. No, he gave us his presence and that communicates something deeper than words, deeper than words. This is who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is real. He is active and he wants to lead us in our lives. He wants to lead you through your life. So much so, this is a wild instruction from St. Paul. St. Paul says, you can write this one down so you can read it later. Galatians 5, 25. St. Paul told the early Christian community, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every in." every part of our lives. So does that mean that the Spirit wants to lead you at school? <laughs> yes. Yeah, does that mean that the Spirit wants to lead you in your dating? Does that mean that the Spirit wants to lead you with your money? Does that mean the Spirit wants to help you? Yes, in every part of our lives, we can follow the Holy Spirit. And I think this is just deeply radical. Like, in a world of self-actualization, where all of your mates and many of mine and much of the world is saying, I'll do what I want. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'll, I'll lead my own life. Like, yeah, I'll just decide whatever, whoever I want to be, whatever I want to do. We say as Christians, no, I need God <laughs> to tell me who I am. To, to instruct me where to go. I need God. And I'm bold about this. The longer I've been a Christian, because I, I see fundamentally in me, I, I actually am not very good at leading myself. But, but when I lean into the Holy Spirit, I get taken to places that I would never even dream of. <laughs> That's the case for you. The Lord will lead you to places that you've never dreamed of if you let him. 
and I, I've tried the self-validation thing. Has anyone else done this? So like you get up in the morning and you kind of go, I am very good and I'm very nice and I will give myself value and worth and I will not depend on anybody else to tell me who I am and how good I am, <laughs> like as so many other people do. But the problem is it, it doesn't really work. I don't really convince myself very well. What the gospel tells us is that we need someone outside of ourselves to affirm us. And again, we know this to be true. I could look at myself in the mirror and I could say, Pippa, you are the best friend that's ever walked the planet. And it wouldn't be that convincing, but if my best mate came to me and said, Pip, you are such a good friend. Whoa, would I believe it more? Yes. Same story. You could tell yourself you're like your Ronaldo and you're an amazing footballer, but it's not until the coach comes to you and says, you're flipping brilliant at that. You're a really good footballer. Suddenly you start to believe it. Same story. You could look at yourself in the mirror and you could try and convince yourself, I am beautiful. And we must be doing that. We must be telling ourselves truth. But there's something about when a guy then sees you with your hair pinned up, no makeup and in your tracky bees, and he says to you, you're beautiful, we start to believe it a bit more. Christianity tells us that there is a father in heaven who loves us, who says that you are mine. I'm pleased with you. Christianity says that we're really, truly worth something. My mate Andy told me this story that he'd heard on the radio, which I found quite funny. And there was this guy who was backpacking in Indonesia. And he was on a boat of one of the like, locals. And they were traveling to one of these islands. And all of these natives were laughing their heads off on this boat. And uh, he didn't really know what they were laughing about. And so he said, or oh, what are you guys laughing about? And the, the boatman, the guy driving the boat said, well, in this area that we're, we're just about to um, get to, it's customary, by the way, I don't agree with this whatsoever, but this is the story. It's customary that a man, if he wants to marry a woman, he, he pays for her. And, and the, the currency he uses is cows. So um, the number of cows that you pay, it depends, in this place in Indonesia, it depends on the attractiveness of the woman, <laughs> which is awful, really. So if a woman is extremely attractive, she'll be paid two cows. If she's really beautiful, it'll be three. If she's not that beautiful, it'll be like half a cow. Anyway, basically, these guys, I know it's dreadful, isn't it, really? And these, these guys were laughing because this man had paid five cows for a woman on this island. And apparently they were laughing because this lady wasn't up to the five cow standard. And they were laughing at this bloke and saying, this is dreadful. Anyway, so when they got to this island, this backpacker dude went and found this guy. And he was like, you know, everyone's laughing at you, pal. What are you doing? And he said to him, I have paid five cows for my wife because she is worth five cows to me. And because she knows that I have paid five cows for her, she wanders around with such confidence. She's like, I am a five cow woman. She's strutting. She's loving it. My husband paid five cows for me. Friends, silly story I know. 
God paid so much more than five cows for you. Do you know how much you are worth to him? You know, the cost of your life was his son's life on the cross. And whether you feel it or not, this has been decided by our Father in heaven. <laughs> you are of such value and worth to Jesus. We are of such value, more than I could begin to explain. But the problem is, is that sometimes we don't feel that way, right? Sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, I feel X, Y, Z. I don't feel valuable. I don't feel beautiful. I don't feel worth anything. And that is why we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the great reminder. <laughs> Every day of our lives, the Holy Spirit, as we meet with him, reminds us that God is smiling. Tell your neighbor, God is in a good mood. Say it again. God is in a good mood. This is the first thing that radically changes the way we live. With, with, in relationship with the Holy Spirit, we can live loved. Like Rachel was talking about this last night, wasn't she? The love of our Father. And Scripture tells us that it's the love that is poured into our hearts is by the Holy Spirit. I really want to encourage you. Some of you really like are struggling with insecurity every day this like feeling of like I should be better I should be more I don't like myself so and so thinks this so and so thinks this ask the Holy Spirit to fill you every day <laughs> you will become more confident you will start to shake things off in a way that you wouldn't have done before because the Holy Spirit will start to fill you with the love of God and this is the starting point of everything. If we look at what we were saying earlier, St. Paul says, follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our life. This is really important because if you think about that, what does like so often our life is included of decisions, right? We have to make loads of decisions all the time. And we're looking to the Holy Spirit to lead us in how do we make these decisions. But if we don't think that the Lord loves us, why would we follow him? Like, I I'm asking you of that of you. What, what we believe of God, if, if we think he's angry, why would we want to follow him? <laughs> why would we want to do that? I think it's important to think about how we see God. Because if we're asking him to lead us in life, what kind of leader is he? This is, this is essential stuff. Six years ago, I gave up my career. I was working in advertising, had a very good job in central London. And I was just about to be promoted to director of my company. And I knew that if I carried, I was doing a lot of church work at the same time, much of this stuff and mentoring younger women. And I knew that if I gave up, if I, if I took on the director role, I wouldn't be able to carry on with my work with young people in the church. And I prayed about what God wanted me to do. 
And the job that I felt God was asking me to do um, didn't exist. So I kind of thought to myself, well, does that mean it shouldn't exist? <laughs> no. So um, I went about like creating my job and I fundraised my salary and I, I've lived this way for six years, relying on the providence of the Lord. Now, how I see God, do you think that impacted that decision? Like, of course, the only reason I was able to take that decision and that step of faith isn't because I'm great, but it's because I know that God is great. It's because the Lord in his goodness has allowed me to realize that he is my provider. I had enough evidence in my life to prove that to myself. And I said, yeah, okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out in faith. And the Lord, all glory to him, has provided for me every step of the way. So I would really like encourage you, how do you see God? What, what do you think? What are some characteristics of him? I remember I went, to, um, I went to a worship school when I was 21 in a church called Bethel, which is in California. And we were having um, lots of teaching about Revelation. And there's this like amazing, if you ever read the book of Revelation, it's a bit kooky. <laughs> so get strapped in. It's a bit out there. But the, um, the, basically, Jesus is on the throne and there's all these like living creatures and elders and they're all bowing before Jesus on the throne. And I remember, like, we're having teaching on this. And when I was thinking about Jesus on the throne, I realized that I, th I thought that he was angry. That, like, he was on the throne and he was looking with, like, anger and resentment. This is the image I had of God in my mind. And I remember being in a time of worship and this image of Jesus on the throne was there. And I was almost like cowering in fear before God. And then I felt the Holy Spirit just encourage me to, to, to like look at Jesus's face on the throne. And so I kind of lent into this image I had in my mind and I realized I'd got it all wrong. <laughs> like Jesus wasn't angry. His face was smiling from the throne. He was, he was happy with me. He was pleased with me. Now, this stuff is really important, like how we see the Lord. Because, like I say, if I assume that God is angry, why would I want to pray? If I think that he's cruel, why would I want to follow him? Friends, I really want to, to encourage you over the next few days. Think about honestly, how do you see the Lord? And ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth of who the Lord is to you, because that's the Holy Spirit's job. <clears throat> so from this place of the Holy Spirit reminding us that we are loved, this can really, really help us. I just want to focus on two things which I think will be helpful for you about how the Holy Spirit leads us, particularly with decision making. I felt like when I was praying for you that there's like a bunch of people in here who feel like, or uh, I've got to make decisions and I don't really know how to make decisions. And how does the Holy Spirit play a part in that? He plays a vital part. Follow the Holy Spirit's leadership in every part of our lives. From this place of confidence that God loves us, 
there's a couple of things that have really helped me make decisions for Jesus with the Holy Spirit. And this comes from the teaching of a guy called St. Ignatius. You may or may not have heard of him. He's the absolute don <laughs> at teaching on um, decision making. He is the best. Um, so the first thing I just want to talk to you about is what St. Ignatius talks about in terms of how the Holy Spirit's leadership feels. How the Holy Spirit's leadership feels. So St. Ignatius says that the bad spirit, which is basically the enemy, because, you know, we're in a battle right now. Jesus has the ultimate victory, but until Jesus returns again, every soul, every person gets to decide, like, do I want to follow Jesus or I just want to do my own thing, right? That's what, we, that's what we get to do. And because of that, there's a battle. The Holy Spirit is trying to, you know, win our hearts. The enemy is trying to take us away from Jesus. This is real and it's important that we know this. It doesn't have to be this big, scary, oh, thing, but it is true and it's real. Um, and so what St. Ignatius says about decision-making is the enemy, what he refers to as the bad spirit, he drives us. He drives us. So if ever we feel like there's something in us which is going, you must decide now. Go, 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 go. You feel almost like there's been like this whip on your back. Like, make a decision now. That is not the way the Holy Spirit speaks. The bad spirit dries, but the Holy Spirit draws. The Holy Spirit draws. He invites us. He says, like, come. Like, let's do this together. And it will be marked by peace and joy. Um, this has actually been a super helpful thing for me in my life. I use this regularly. And that's why I wanted to give you this little tool because sometimes I'll be making decisions in my life or I'll even be thinking about like, you know, life is busy. I, I've, got to do, I've got to do all of these things. And sometimes I'll be like noticing my thoughts, which will be like, go on, Pip. Don't take, a, don't take a break. Work, 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 work. Don't rest. And I think to myself, <laughs> and sometimes I'll abide by that. And then I think to myself, no, that's not the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit always invites us to do things in peace. He always invites us to be in rest and it's invitational. So I thought that might be helpful for you just to start to notice these things in your life as you're making decisions. And then the second thing is that's really, really helped me is when we're deciding between two options. And this is under the prerequisite that these two options are good for us. You know, of course, there's a wrestle in everybody, particularly as we're like learning to follow Jesus. There's a wrestle in us on deciding between the things of the world and the things of Jesus. Um, but in, in some sense, they don't require the same discernment. So, for instance, it could be that you want to go out with a guy or I want to go out with a guy that will demand that I sleep with him. He hates God and he preaches atheism and he's asked me to shoplift every week. That could be an option before me. Versus there's a nice cute guy at church who's trying to follow Jesus. He wants to pursue purity with me and he loves me for who I am. <laughs> These two options could be before me. Mm, do they require the same discernment? No. 
it may feel like they do. One may actually feel like a temptation, even though the guy that I just explained sounds like a right loser. Girls, don't go out with a dude like that. Um, but like sometimes it can feel like, oh, I need to discern this. I, I'm, I'm being kind of obnoxious intentionally. No, really, there's one thing that leads to God, and there's one thing that will lead us away from God. And we need to be real with that. When we're looking at our lives, like one thing sometimes does lead us to God and one thing doesn't. I'm talking about when you've got things in front of you which both feel like they could be good and you're not quite sure which is right. Um, so, for instance, for me, whether I stayed in my advertising career and doing that for Jesus, making sure that was my ministry, trying to pre, like trying to, Com, like trying to speak to my um, colleagues about Jesus, like that's a really, really great option. <laughs> we don't all have to work in the church versus like giving up my job and doing this stuff full time. St. Ignatius talks about an exercise that we can do where we, we prayerfully discern and we kind of weigh up options in our heart. So he says, for a day maybe, or for a period of time, maybe a day or two days, what we do is we stop flitting between one or the other. So we stop going like advertising church work, advertising church work, not sure, not sure, not sure, not sure, not sure. For a day or two, we just sit in the decision of like, ad okay, advertising. Right, I've, I've made the decision in my heart to take that promotion at work and I've now had to consequently give up stuff in the church so you start to like think about that decision in your heart. You sit with it and then you track the peace. You track how are you feeling? Are you experiencing joy? Are you experiencing consolation? Are you experiencing things that feel like God? And then you make a note of how it feels. Then you do the same for the next couple of days. And you'll say, right, okay, no, I've, I've given up my career or whatever the second option is, this was for me. I've given up my career, I don't have an income, <laughs> I have to fundraise one, um, but I get to pour into the next generation in a new way. I, I get to uh, pray for longer each day. So I looked at these two options, and then you track the peace, same story. You track the joy, you track the love, you track the kindness. Now, this was so infinitely helpful for me, because when I did that exercise, I experienced so much more peace and joy when I thought about working for Jesus full time like this, even though it made no sense. Even though I was like, I will have very little money. Like, but this is what the Lord wants to lead us. So I want to encourage you when you're thinking about like unis, when you're thinking about options before you, which you are like, which is right, um, perhaps that exercise might help you. Bring the Holy Spirit into the decision. Ask him, Holy Spirit, how do you see this? Who are you creating me to be? And how does this decision help me become more the person you're asking me to be? So just for a moment, 
Let's have a chat with our neighbor. What do you think about these two tools in relation to decision making? Have you thought about it before? Is there anything in there that's helpful? Have a little chat. Okay, amazing. Um, I also just like want to encourage you, this probably doesn't need to be said, but when it comes to decision making, I really want to encourage you to find someone in your life that, um, that can help you with this. Someone who's a bit older, a bit wiser. Like that's, that's helped me a lot. Um, so letting the Holy Spirit allow us to live loved, live more confidently, and allowing him to lead us in these ways, this can be daily life. This actually, this is how I try and live my life every day. It, this isn't just so I get to do this. <laughs> this is because I love the Holy Spirit. And so I spend time with him every morning and I ask him to fill me each day. And then I ask him to lead me each day. This is actually possible. Um, the, a real key way to access this life in the spirit is through prayer. And um, I'm really passionate about prayer. Tomorrow's Holy Habits workshop <laughs> is on prayer. I'm, I'm not giving that teaching. I might come though. Um, but it's, it's really essential. There's, there's, there's so much to say about prayer and I'm just gonna end on just a couple of things that might help you and then we'll finish. Um, I meet so many young people who just go, I can't pray every day. It's impossible. I don't know who lied to those young people, but someone did. It is possible to pray every day. It is possible. It doesn't mean it's necessarily easy. It doesn't mean that that 20 minutes or that 30 minutes or however long you decide to pray is going to just come out of thin air. <laughs> oh, how lovely. My day's just been extended by half an hour. No, I have to carve it out. I really want to encourage you to start to become a bit more intentional with your prayer life every day. Um, and yeah, come along to the come along to that. I've I've got tips on prayer, but I don't I don't want to keep you longer. Um, so I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit will fill you. I'll be kicking about. If anybody has any questions or wants to come and talk, I'd love to meet you. So come and have a chat. Um, but let's just say a prayer now. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that living living a life in you, being filled with your love. And being led out is, is the life that we're, we're called to live. And we really can have this dynamic, everyday relationship with you, Holy Spirit. And I pray for every person in this tent. I pray that you would fill them right now with your Holy Spirit, God. That you would let them know that they are loved beyond all measure. And that you would start, Lord, start to prompt them, start to lead them, help them in their decision making. I pray your blessing upon them, abundant blessing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming, guys.